0: everybody and welcome to a very special little somewhat change of our our format here of give me back my horror movies the podcast i am charlie your host with me as always is nate say hello to the people nate
1: hello there
0: well you didn't talk to him directly this time so we're that's another step in the direction no
1: that was me doing my obi-wan kenobi So
0: I'm grievous now, huh? Yes, yes, you are. Awesome. (laughs) I have to talk with a little bit of a rasp now. But no, we're not doing that for the rest of the show. So this is, there you go. So this is a good, fun episode we're going to have. We are joined by two gentlemen that are no strangers to the group or the podcast, even though we haven't heard them on here before. We have Bobby Easley and James Brenton. They are doing the movie Witch House. And gentlemen, why don't you say hello? Bobby, why don't you say hi, the director? Hello, everybody. And James, follow follow that up. <laughs> hello, hello. Thanks for having us on.
1: Of course.
0: You you're gonna have to bear with me a little bit. This is the first time I've done an interview. So this is a little bit different even for me. So uh I say these guys are no stranger to the group of the podcast because these are also the brain the brain trust behind poster smash yes that's That's, that's how i've known him. i met james first on facebook i found a smashed up poster that i thought was great somehow i shared it and he saw i shared it and we got talking and on messenger and then friends and then every it's been snowballed from there and then found out there was another one there was bobby attached so we've all been friends for yeah i think going on a year on facebook Um, And they even did the inaugural poster smash for the very first episode of give me back my action movies that I do with Dan and they made mega Delta force.
2: And (laughs) to
0: this day, it is still the wallpaper on my phone. I have not changed it since James did it. And I don't think I will. I really, really want to get the poster made. So I can <laughs> hang it in my office. That's See, the what one I want
1: that I need. And I actually need Bobby to make this movie a reality is Ernest goes to sleepaway camp. You're going to oh, yes. have to dig up Jim Varney's corpse and make yeah. it be a weekend at Bernie's too. Yes. But if we do that, I think it'd be great.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> I love that. That's
2: Felisa,
1: awesome. We'll still need oh, Miak in it, but yes.
2: Felissa is a great girl. Uh, She's, she hangs at all the days of the deads she would get, she's seen that poster and loves it. So nice.
1: Awesome. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, She's, she's been promoted at quite a few shows down around here. So you guys do a lot of the uh, conventions. That's how you've probably got a lot of your connections, right, Bobby? You've done some of the like days of the dead shows and stuff like that.
2: Yes. uh, Started off just kind of attending it at that and horror hound and really just fell in love with the community and getting able to being able to meet uh, a lot of film makers and actors that I never thought I'd ever meet. And then just the opportunities JD and I've had, you know, interviewing Carrie Hen from aliens and working with Kane Hodder, Bill Mosley. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. I wanted just to re-
1: ask you, how did that come about with uh, the devil dogs of Kilo company?
2: Uh, well, uh, I'm a big collector of toys, as you can see. And a friend of mine said, man, wouldn't it be cool if you could just make a movie out of all these guys? And all the 12 point, whatever figures are too much to really drive yourself crazy. And I thought, man, we could just scoot these guys around in the sand. Like, you know, we used to as kids, then, uh, make a, what if scenario. And I didn't even have a story. I just shot a real quick trailer just as test footage. And I put it together, took it down to a days of the dead and Kane Hodder, Bill Mosley, uh, Sid Haig, all those guys were totally interested in the project and, I walked away very scared, like, wow, I've got letters of intent coming from these guys. (laughs) Their agent's number, they're excited, and I don't have a story. So, (laughs) yeah, it it was definitely fun shooting that laying around the ground uh, and just, you know, count. We we shot over 40,000 individual pictures to make that film. That's awesome.
1: It's one of those, like, my buddy had a really good analogy for after he saw Mad Max Fury Road. He was like, it's like, that movie was when I was playing with the action figures in my backyard. That was that movie. It came to life. Everything that was in my head as a kid making my action figures smash together was Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, so, yeah. I mean,
0: I had my G.I. Joes flailing back and forth on sticks in the yard and vehicles flying up in the air. And oh, yeah. I'm sure some fire was involved once in a while when mom and <laughs> dad wasn't watching. It was That's when
1: so they weren't you know, home.
0: That's well, it, the commercials were set up that way, you know. You see the Star Wars commercials,
2: and they've got these kids playing with like a nice landscaped backyard, and oh yeah,
1: yeah. yeah the Nerf like... commercials were like, "How do you guys have ten friends?" That was my thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> I just like how yeah. there's always a disclaimer, you know the 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 action figures do not actually move, They yeah. do not actually yeah. shoot real weapons. Oh, that's awesome, man.
1: Do you guys have anyone that you wish you could have met before they, like, passed? Like, mine would be probably Gunnar Henson. Like, that's one of the ones I was like, I wish I probably would have gotten a picture with him or something before, you know, he had passed away.
2: One guy that I never... I've met Sigourney and all the guys and Aliens except for Bill Paxton. That is my... Number one favorite actor. Me and JD are always talking about him and Michael B and back and forth and Bill Paxton. I literally, my wife and I were at a pancake breakfast and I got teary eyed when I found out he died. I was like, what? <laughs> that guy, uh, you know, uh, speaking about him real quick, you know, you're a big fan of the 80s new wave stuff. Do you know he had a band called uh, Martini Ranch? No. Yes. He and some of the guys in Devo all. Oh. Put- Oh, you're excited? Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it, and so the B-52s are in some of it, man. There's this, it's a total super group thing. And they actually got signed Atlantic Records or something. Yes. All Martini. right. Martini, well, yes. I know what I'm going to be s-
1: listening to tomorrow when I'm at Mar- Martini Ranch, you'll thank me for it. Yeah, definitely. That's going to be sweet. I'm um, disappointed, Nate. i
2: did I've you been, not uh, know that?
1: I did not know that. I've been bugging Charlie. Like, we need to do Frailty at some point. Because, like. That yeah, is an underdog bugging
0: me. You mentioned it one time that no, I mentioned like it like three th-
1: times at this point. I feel like,
0: I don't know. <laughs> show me, show me the receipts on that one. I don't know if I buy it. On that one. <laughs> James. Yeah. Let's get you talking in this a little bit, man. What about what, what got you uh, excited and involved in doing this stuff? Cause you were the correct me if I'm wrong. You're the director uh-huh. of photography. Yes. And you also did. 90%
3: of the editing? I, well, I don't know. Bobby actually, it was it was a really it was a tag team effort with the editing. Uh, a lot of times we'd get done shooting, and this guy, we'd be done. It would be like midnight. And we'd all be packing up, going home. And then the next day, he would show up, and he had edited half the stuff we shot the night before, <laughs> just so he could see the scene. <laughs> and so he would actually lay out the story quite a bit, and then I would get the hard drive from him and... I would go through and, and you I got know, try you. to nice. basically I'd clean it up. I mean, you know, I do a lot of editing and shooting anyway. So it was kind of one of those things where I'd go through and, and, and polish things after you put the story together.
1: Is it gotcha. easy to do with like the digital technology these days to kind of like, all right, let's just piece this together real quickly well, to where yeah, you could stay up to, late like that?
3: To some extent. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that we really learned is, uh, is file structure. That, that, that you know, if you have a good file structure. Uh, I don't think Bobby can, has a
1: good uh, file structure from the way that he's looking right Bobby now. Bobby just people can't see it, but he just hid in his hoodie like, I don't want to be here right now.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it happens. But no, we, we got everything figured out. But yeah, I, I think, you know, with the way everything is digitally now, as long as you keep everything, you know, tidy, you could, in fact, you know, go out, shoot come back that night and pop together the scene that you shot. So you at least have a rough cut and ready to move on to the next day and see if you missed anything. And that's really, that's, I mean, that's obviously, I think that's a pretty big benefit, you know, for filmmakers now. I mean, it's so, I am, uh, you know, uh, before we got on, you know, and sort recording Nate, you, you said something about, about, you know, how do you get involved in something like this? Well, how yeah. you get involved in something like is, is somebody who's like super positive who just knows he can get it done because I've been wanting to do, uh, you know, I've been wanting to shoot something forever. You know, I've, I've, I've been in the, in the biz as you, as they say. Yeah. Um, but Bobby came to me and, and was like, listen, man, he goes, I'm going to shoot this movie and I want you to shoot it.
1: That's And, awesome. and,
3: and, you know, in the past I have, as much as I want to do it, I couldn't pull the trigger because I didn't know how to manage the time, still be able to work, still get enough people involved to to show up on the weekends to shoot, you know, and and, and you know, everything across the board. And if you just get enough people that are excited to do a project and you get somebody that can back them up with that excitement. it it helped snowball. it. I, I, the first day on set, I showed up and to be honest, I thought I was going to see like, you know, six people there maybe. And I showed up and there, we have an entire group of people donating their time, you know, to the weekend. And that's a, that community is something else. Like I didn't even realize it was there right so no that that sounds nice
1: awesome, so. yeah that does sound pretty cool especially with uh I'm guessing a lot of uh people that have worked with one another before in the past correct or is it or is this a lot of like newcomers yeah we we kind of know each other
2: you know through different circles uh and I love bringing someone back on a project that did good you know uh t- definitely want them back because they've learned and they're Bringing, you know, their skills back and it just makes right. it so much easier.
1: Yeah. I always figured the film business being like, it's all about networking. Who do you know? Who do you like working with? And well, we, we talked keep about using that, that during, positivity.
0: We talked about during the, uh, from beyond episode where we read about Stuart Gordon and he just kept wanting to work with the same people and just keep going. And even like that works in like the trauma industry is, you get the people that know what they're doing. You don't have to retrain them for every single movie.
2: Yeah. And you know, like Rob Zombie, you know, he's a prime example. They're, the chemistry's there already. These people have yeah. been to hell and back, and they didn't tear each other's heads off. So let's throw something else at them and see if they can do it again. You know, <laughs> it's like a, a, a successful baseball team, you know. Well, well yeah, the,
1: Sam Raimi yeah. beating up all of his actors. If he keeps beating you up, that means he likes you. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's right. If he's ignoring you, you're not going to come back.
1: Yeah, Peter Parker's got to get hit by at least 15 uh, book bags.
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: Well, we've kind of jumped right into
0: the interview section of this, but I want to step back one second and just kind of let our audience in on a little bit here. Um, These guys have done their own movie called Witch House. Um, This movie isn't out yet. It will be out. We're speculating sometime summer. 2022 we don't have exact dates yet but we just kind of want to start getting the buzz out there let these guys start talking so this episode is going to be spoiler free we are not spoiling the movie we're really not going to talk too much directly about the movie we'll we'll talk about small segments that doesn't give anything away but this is going to be mostly about getting into the mindset that Bobby and James were in making this movie I think it's a unique way to look at things and go, what were they thinking when the, when when this was starting you know what 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 was the mindset what what was the process? and we're trying not to be those boilerplate questions of did you have fun doing it? How much money did you make when, <laughs> can
1: I watch the Where no. did you shoot the movie yeah did, do you did it- like movies? I like movies. <laughs> yeah, you but- remember that time in the movie where that happened? That was awesome. Thanks, Chris Farley. Yes. I've I've got one of those
0: questions, though, but just leave me alone (laughs) till I get to it. But I just want to let everybody know that this is going to be the Witch House interview, but this is really the interview with Bobby and James. And so I think what I really want to start off with first is if you guys are okay with it, let's go ahead and play the trailer now uh, so people can kind of get a mood for the movie that we're going to be talking
1: about. Get into the vibe.
0: Perfect. So. Here is the trailer for Witch House.
2: I have to get out of here. He's going to find me, and he's going to kill me. I know he will. I went and talked to an old professor, and he told me that there's a place right by the campus where
0: I can get a room, and no one will find me.
2: I'll take it.
0: Although your work does border on science fiction, I am intrigued by some of the connections you were able to draw between three-dimensional geometry and the way we perceive these things. My advice to you girls is to stay away from that house.
1: My research is correct. reality something
0: the trailer for witch house and i tell you what if there's a trailer that sets a mood it's that one i remember when james shared this to me and he's like hey man can i can i share this in the group and i've watched it and i'm like yeah yes please yes share away and i should mention something that james is kind of the reason we're doing this particular show right now is he messaged me one day going Hey man, you ever thought about a, give me back my horror movies group. And I was like, well, thoughts crossed my mind, but never really put anything else to it. He goes, I think it'd go off pretty good. I said, only if you help. And he's like, okay, I'll help. So he, he's an admin in it too, along with me and Nate. And it kind of snowballed from that to where I was like, you know what? I think we need to do a podcast and branch out instead of the every two week action one. And Nate is our resident horror freak in the group of friends we have. I like horror. You know, I enjoy it. But Nate is his room is covered with. Yeah, I was we, the we weird were,
1: kid that watched horror movies and listened to metal at all times and still does. So this was I just pretty that, much right I, my alley.
0: I just did more action than horror. Yeah, <laughs> you just did more action.
1: Yeah, I was the but, kid that was wearing his Evil Dead shirt in hall in the hallway that said, like, you have pretty skin. Give it to us. <laughs> Girls didn't talk to me. I <laughs> <Yes. laughs> big shocker. I
0: wonder why? I mean, I had the <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne hitchhack- hitchhiking the hell T-shirt that I wore to high school all the time. Now,
1: Teachers I didn't my, really
0: know how to take that shirt, but I, I Iron Iron Maiden enjoyed it.
1: Shirts. I was a Rush kid, also though, so I had like a Rush armband. So big nerd there.
0: That's awesome. Girls well, didn't understand
1: anthrax. <laughs> no. No. No anthrax. No
2: girls didn't parents didn't this guy's lucky with the deaf leopard though they're like
0: oh we'll go to the show with
2: you (laughs) oh
1: yeah deaf leopard journey that's
3: right (laughs) right.
0: yeah that's what we call safe rock they uh, feel yeah. safe with the guy that listens to that. <laughs> yeah. But those of us that listen to Slayer and all these yeah. other like the the title of the band was scary enough for them. They're like, no, oh, no, I don't listen to that. I think, <laughs> you know, you know, know how run it was
1: to yell Slayer at any moment?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, just just a good time. All right, uh, Nate, I think you have a few questions for our, our guests. And... I got like three. Uh, I didn't prepare yeah. for this. I yeah, I doubt that. I've already yeah. we've already gone over them. You know, we'll take <laughs> back the we'll pull back the curtain here. Uh, I'm 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 giving Nate a little more rope this episode, so Spotlight. we'll see what he does with it. Uh, as as the as the You're show goes regret through this, Ugh. all
1: right. Well, I'm gonna start out real easy. We want to know how you two met. How did you two decide to start working together?
2: Um, I do a lot of commercial and television work. And I happened to do uh, some
3: work for a company that I was doing some freelance for. They hired Bobby to act in one of their videos as a corporate video and we worked together for the whole day and it wasn't until the end of the day that we were kind of wrapping up and started chatting about movies and you know Immediately when I talk to this guy, he's like, "I, I, I his brain is just sucked in all this 80s, uh, you know, and 90s horror and action movie, just knowledge into his head. And he almost talks almost entirely in movie quotes sometimes. <laughs> and we, so we really hit it off. And I, you know, I asked him because he was he was doing acting for the for the the, the company I was working for. I said, well, do you act in like independent movies or something like that? And he kind of went, well, yeah, but I also shoot and, and write independent movies. And I was like, whoa, 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 really? <laughs> and, and we just kind of started talking about that. And he was telling about some of the projects he was working on at the time. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until... now. he's, I think
2: he he's sitting in like this NASA control room of an editing suite uh this <laughs> company and uh i'm like wow man this, i'm just thinking he's like you know i made a a, a a horror spot for a local haunted house and so he showed it to me and i'm like blown away like dude this looks like so grindhouse scream blood splatter like this is badass and then i could see well obviously You know, and then we had a mutual friend, Terrence Muncy, a guy that we both knew. uh, And it would just, and then I think a period of time went by where we didn't really talk, but just kind of life got in the way, as they say. But we had, we planted the seed that day. Like, man, we should work on something at some point. And then I uh, came up with the idea for Witch House after finishing Devil Dogs and a couple other films. And then I talked to him on the phone, and uh, it took a little prodding. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. He was not totally sold on the idea of the whole demonic possession, the witchcraft. It was, like, some pretty strong-themed stuff, you know? Oh, when uh, you
1: watch this movie, too, I think you guys nailed it on the dark occult themes because uh, once this movie starts to, like, uh, let loose, it it freaking lets loose. <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice
2: uh but i think it's uh so then like he, he he said he wasn't like interested you know and then it's like that scene in aliens here we go where lieutenant gore where uh ripley wakes up in the middle of the night and puts the chip in there and she talks to burke and says we're going there to kill not to bring back not to <laughs> yeah and it was kind of like that he's like he puts the chip and he's like we're gonna go and shoot this movie and Yes, sir, and I was like jumping for joy. We got JD on on the set, and I think he probably fell in love with everything we were doing probably that first day. But yeah, it was.
3: Nice. Uh, it, I mean, it was like I said when I showed up that that first day, the camaraderie. I I was I walked in with a little bit of anxiety because I only knew Bobby on the day of, the first day of shooting, and these people some some of them they'd all worked together before and here's this new guy who just kind of shows up and I'm like, listen, I'm shooting this thing. And I, so in my (laughs) head, I was a little, but everybody was so welcoming in that community that it was just immediately. I was like, Oh, okay, let's do
1: this. That's because I see where it'd be scary too of like, Oh, who the hell's this new guy?
3: Right.
2: Like what gives
1: him the right to be here as opposed to my buddy Frank or something.
2: Well, I think all that went out the window that he's the new kid in class went out the window when we have intricate lighting setups and the way his mind works. uh, Brilliant. Like for what we're trying to pull off that Suspiria look heavily
0: inspired with different colors to
2: represent. That makes so
1: much sense now that you say it.
0: That is, that's what came across watching this. Matter Mm of fact, one thing I told James, because James, he sent me the link and life gets in the way. James knows I got three kids. He's got a full house at his place. And he's like, hey, man, did you have a chance to check it out? And I'm like, I haven't yet. And then he's like, let me know the second you do. And he, I messaged him back going, holy crap, dude, that was a beautifully shot movie. I mean, if nothing else, I'm like this, the visuals. And that was saying a lot. And I, uh, James and I have been talking a lot leading up to this. And I was like, I just watched, From Beyond which was based on H.P. Lovecraft and the imagery and color saturation in that film
1: I told James
0: I can watch that movie without any uh, dialogue just play the movie with the sound the sound effects and I'm watching Witch House going holy crap it's the same feel like I feel it it was it was I'm Suspiria is the right I didn't know the name of the movie but that is exactly what it felt like watching it um beautifully beautifully shot um so let's let's talk real quick since we've kind of led into the movie just a tiny bit um what was your why why witch house why hp lovecraft
2: well um i think i cut my teeth like writing my first couple films and i realized that i don't i'm not a strong writer uh, I have my strength is to get like JD said a group of people together. It's my Marine Corps past. I can get five six people and say let's go build a bridge over here in the middle of the snow, and somehow I'll tell enough jokes, and by the time we're done, the bridge is built. But I didn't really have. Troops. I can rally troops and you keep know? that's my my strong point. And but I, I lacked the writing skills, and I lacked the technical aspect of it that JD brought to the table. And so I thought, you know, I. I actually, uh, my third film, I was uh, uh, chosen by Stephen King to be in his dollar baby program. That's where he will sell you the non-exclusive rights to one of his short stories that was never made a picture out of for a dollar. Oh, and man. Yes. Uh, and you're allowed to use it on your resume to help pump yourself up, but you can't you know, make any commercial you know, gain from it. Gotcha. And so I thought, well, damn, that's a good place where stories are at. You know, I thought I, I had some pretty good success with that when the, I just didn't have to worry so much about the story. And then I was thinking about Lovecraft and how, uh, well, actually, I met Brian Usna at a film festival in New York. And Brian Usna is behind Reanimator yep. and From Beyond, all that good stuff. And so uh, he and I struck up a friendship and he said, before you work on your next picture, I want you to consult with me. Uh, he took my pictures to cans. At the time, and he says, we're, we're going to start from ground zero next time to get a successful picture. And I'm, I'm like, all right. And so uh, I started thinking, well, this guy did a lot of Lovecraftian stuff. And a lot of Lovecraft's works are, you know, well out of, it, it's a very gray area, but people have been making adaptations for years of his work.
0: It's not exactly public domain, but it's, like you said, it's in that gray area. that. It can allude to something he wrote, basically. So, And this is one
2: of his stories, uh, The Dreams in the Witch House. Uh, I thought, wow, it's one of the stories that isn't so far blown in outer space where we would take us millions of dollars of a budget to pull this off. This is something that's more in the vein of things I'm into, like Halloween and witches and just kind of that creep factor type I do a lot of heavily like satanic, demonic, just stuff that people are kind of scared of,
0: you know. Uh, really, and... I didn't, I didn't get that in this movie at all. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally missed the mark. Okay, yeah. there's a demon yeah. in
1: this. <laughs> <laughs> there's
0: there's a, there's no sarcasm font. There is a lot of demon <laughs> in this movie.
2: Uh, There's a and, lot of
1: uncomfortableness in this movie, <laughs> yeah,
2: and so uh, I think that's where uh, the Lovecraft came into it. Because when I mentioned to Brian Usna that I wanted to do something, he says, "Oh,
0: Lovecraft! Now we're <laughs> that's right up his alley. He's more than glad to help us." Then you know, so well that exp- that explains that. And so this isn't like a word for word retelling of it. So what what was the like the writing to make it yours like? What, well, what, did, what did you want to do that wasn't just copying the book scene for scene? Well, before I started writing my
2: first word, that's what he wants is to be there when we're digging the hole. And so okay. uh, he says, let's take the lead, Walter, and flip it to a woman, make it a, a female lead. Let's take the romantic interest and turn it into a lesbian uh, kind of a relationship. Let's make the house the central, one of the central, the central character, you know, like, because you have all the witchcraft and the coven stuff going on. But then at the same time, this house is just emanating evil. And so Brian. I was
1: wondering about that, too, because, like, I know it's a lower budget film. I was like, were you using the house as a character to play into your creativity, into your story?
2: Yes, Brian uh when we were we originally going to use some farmhouse that had like a tiny little attic room that we were going to do this in and he thought no there's no way you can pull this off you won't be able to get cameras and lighting and it's just to be a mess and then we jd and i were hunting around for some historical properties and
3: like yeah and i had i had actually shot footage at the hannah houses where we shot yeah, and it's a historical. It's called the historical Hannah House, and it's a they've they've had some. You know, they used to do a lot of uh, haunted houses there during October, and and they do tours and ghost tours and stuff like that. And I had shot there, and I I, and I thought, well, I never really got to meet the owner at the time. I was just brought in, shot some stuff real quick, and left. Yeah. But I threw it out to Bobby. I was like, I know you know how to talk to people. This guy could sell ice to an Eskimo. And I was I was like, you gotta go reach out to them and, and, and see if you can find any out because I'd found another place, but it was too far out in the middle of nowhere. And they weren't willing to let us get in the house. They were letting, willing to let us shoot around it. But we were okay. gonna have to find two different areas, like and um and I believe that's how you and you ended up stopping by there or, or Yeah, uh the guy uh
2: the house was built in eighteen eighty five. And it's, uh, rumored to have been part of the underground railroad and some slaves, uh, you know, the story goes were locked down in that basement and a fire started and they couldn't get out. And so the secret they had to hide was to bury those slaves, you know, in unmarked graves. And so that's kind of throughout the years, there has been stuff and just newspaper articles and people have claimed all sorts of things. And the caretaker Scott has been asked by many, uh, channels travel channel all these people to do spots on it he's told them all no and for some reason <laughs> some oh. crazy well here's how it happened this, <laughs> i didn't what, sell let us in on the secret <laughs> i didn't sell him the ice box yet i sold him some ice i said we wanted can we come <laughs> and do a couple shots out you know a couple exterior shots because we thought this guy clearly won't let us use the entire house but if we can just establish you know and go so yeah. yeah, yeah. And so um, he said, well, you guys are more than welcome to use the inside of the house if you'd like. And we're like, okay, cool. Well, this guy thought a couple shots, like a tripod with a camera. Oh. no. Oh, no. <laughs> He's sitting there one the day we start, principal photography broke ground. We're showing up with racks of clothing, groceries, table reads. People are walking in, electrical department. I mean, we've got just computer, everything is set up, cameras. He said, you guys set a couple shots. You guys are like
3: moving in. And, uh, you know. Yeah, what started out as a weekend shoot, we ended up just... Three years. Well, yeah, but it was (laughs) it was you know we had it we kept he kept talking him. Listen, we got to come back and get one more shot. We got to come back and get another shot, and we were able. He, uh, you know, for whatever reason, God bless him, he would let us come back. And we, I think it was the fact that you know after that initial weekend, we left the house exactly how we found it. There you go. There there were no you know, we made oh, sure we huge. took care of stuff and um this guy has been the caretaker
2: there since he was like 16 something years old. He is well into his mid
0: 60s I'd have to say. So this yeah, is this is essentially his baby, his house. Yes it is. Yeah, and so I can get
2: that? He's gotten older. It's about 40, I don't know how many acres it is like, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, there's fields, all sorts of stuff and we just volunteered to help him Take care of the property as long as we're shooting here, and well after we've shot in there, we go and blow the leaves, get pick up the sticks, mow the lawns, help him with the gutters, just
0: giving back. You know that's awesome. Um, That's fantastic. yeah. Yeah, that you you hear horror stories, no pun intended, of productions going in and almost just ravaging the places they've shot, and you know you hear of the madness that they can cause. And why people will be like, no, you can't shoot here. We did that one time. No, you can't shoot here. He and- was,
2: yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, you know, people getting the, the house kind of falls into disrepair, and he gets he was a little down on himself. And then us coming around kind of resparked his interest in having a paranormal day. And the owner says, you can keep that place open as long as those property taxes don't get too high. And he's always concerned about it. And this yeah. year, we helped him host a paranormal day, and then we we showed our film and charged what 30 bucks a seat for yeah yeah and gave him every penny and so we knocked out most of his property taxes for the year that's 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 sweet
0: fantastic
2: i love that that guy didn't charge us a dollar yeah for renting the play and we we were there 16 hour days you know in and out using heating and cool you know what it just yeah Lovely, lovely Damn. guy
0: couldn't That's make awesome. himself anymore. Well, staying on the house, I, I'm a builder, carpenter, all this other stuff. So that is the attic in that house that you guys were shooting in the Hannah. Oh house yes. At. Oh, yes. so then I so, gotta ask this. <laughs> yeah. So you you had pretty much written the story leading up to getting the property, but when you see that attic and how it's constructed, that fit your movie perfectly the angle she talks about and again we're, we're spoiler free here but basically she is and correct me if i'm wrong but she believes there's a connection between the geometry of the house and a portal almost to another dimension another existence of being correct yes yes and she goes up she she goes there to stay thinking she's going to get a room she gets put in the attic and she goes up and you would think like, there's no way I'm going to stay in this attic. It's dirty, dusty, and there's nothing up there. Right. And you start seeing how the roof structure is built and she's looking at it. And I'm watching this movie going, holy crap. Did they build this thing to match the movie? What this This can't be just, we found a house that looked like this and we shot the movie and I'm hearing, we found a house that looked like this and we
3: shot the movie up there. Yeah, we really, we really did. We lucked out when we went up to, uh, you know, the, um, the attic when we got there, I had been in the attic once before, um, when I was shooting and, uh, and I, I remembered it, but it wasn't until, you know, I, I, uh, we got back up there that second time and got up there and I was like, Oh my gosh, this literally is what we were looking for. I mean, as far as the lines and the, you know, so it did, it worked out very well. It was
0: perfect. I I mean, you, you could have planned it. You could have found the house first and then wrote the story. And I would have believed you because I would have been like, that's exactly the, the structure reading the story. Or even if I was privy to reading your script before ever seeing the movie, of how she's talking about all of the way these angles have to join together in a certain way of the house is built was built for a purpose of the occult, and you watch this movie and you're like, "Yep, that 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 attic is occultish." I believe oh, yeah. a, a demon's going to come attic. take me. Perfect, bravo on that, guys. I mean, that's thank you. thank you, and I know how much of a pain in the ass it is to build a place like that with that many freaking angles to where I'll be like, "Nah, man, I'm going to go build a box." Oh,
2: Brian Brian Usena told us, he says, that house will never work for you guys for the film. He says, it's too nice of a property. Those people won't let you use it. And the man let us use it. And then Brian Usena's like, now that changes everything. (laughs) And uh, I will add uh, that um, the reason it took us so long to get this baby done is because we're shooting stuff that, as You know, filmmakers at our level, we would have accepted and moved on and said, hey, we'll try better next time. Or this is where the story got us. And Brian and John were just going through the story, ripping it apart, saying reshoot this, reshoot this. It was literally like we had producers in Los Angeles, which we do. Yeah telling us nope 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 we're shooting stuff editing scenes and shipping it to los angeles and they're saying I, I you just didn't establish this or we didn't get the correct reaction or i don't believe it reshoot it right and Whoa. it was that yes and i remember my initial conversation with john with brian Musenay. He says bobby i will help you but i asked it when i ask you to do something to do it and because a lot of filmmakers are like, "Oh, this is my project, and no one's gonna tell me." Yeah. And we very, very humbly have accepted everything those guys have. I mean, there are some crazy old dudes for the films that they've made, <laughs> and and we've just followed what they've told us to do. And,
3: and and the good thing is, in in all fairness, you know, we've had multiple Zoom meetings with them, and they will tell us what didn't work and what what did work. And they, but in all fairness. Unlike, you know, studio execs, they were like, listen, this is your film, but oh. this is what you guys need to do. Because, there, I mean, in a lot of, there was a couple of things that Bobby and I talked about and went, you know what? It, it's, it wasn't going to be, to get everybody back there to fly the actress back in or to do this, it just wasn't going to work. Right. You know, and I, and I've said, and you know, the, the, the story, that's when we started you know, taking their stuff, their ideas, writing some new scenes and switching things around a little bit. Oh, OK, well, let's do this. That way we don't have to fly this person in or that way we don't have to get this other person in. We can take this, move this here and now we'll do a scene with this person who is local or who is available to come. Yeah. And and, you know, with that, you know, it's it, it, it was uh, it was frustrating
2: you know, it's a
1: short
3: story yeah. and we're trying to stretch it to a feature length
1: film. It's like what, forty seven pages, I think. Yeah, and well.
2: we we thought we shot a monster of a film and you're like, it's too short. It's too short. Yeah. You're yeah. gonna have to either shelve it or develop some more subplots and
3: uh and there's like, even stuff that you know you we that, at least for me, that we didn't get to do. One whether it be budgetary or once we started doing other shots like that, no longer, whether it was the timing didn't work or we couldn't get to that scene because we were doing something else. Um, You know, it's funny in a, in a, in a production like this, how big it gets, even though it's an independent film, it, it did, it it got big and it was hard to manage some of the stuff that we were trying to, you know, keep, Everything together cohesively okay. as a story, and then you're getting your feedback from from people. And oh, we got to shoot this, or we got to shoot that, or 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 whatnot. Are we got to make this fit? And you know, once you start doing that, you, you know, you and I've I I actually heard you know Lin, Linda Hamilton talking about this and on a podcast with the most recent Terminator. You know, there you, there gets a lot of frustration because you know for her in the latest Terminator, she would show up on set and they were writing stuff. Yeah. And she's like, wait a minute, this is a Terminator movie. You don't have a script yet.
1: Yeah. How are you not prepared for Terminator? Yeah.
3: And so you see, (laughs) yeah, you see this and you don't, I have a totally from movies that I I actually did some PA work stuff back, you know, early two thousands. Um, uh, for a, a low budget film with Corbin Burnson and, and D Wallace Stone. And I was, nice. you know, I was just a PA out in the middle of nowhere, yeah. dragging sandbags around and stuff. But with that in mind and what we accomplished here, I have a whole new respect for even the crappiest of movies. Because you look at the end of it and you're like, these people just, they really, Worked hard on this, yeah. And there's there's a lot that lot that goes into it. And sometimes you can't get stuff done right, and you have to make it work. And I think you know that was the one thing that that you know, like Bobby said, he's he's a good cheerleader. I am I am not an optimist, and he knows this. So I would ha- <laughs> he would have to you know drag me back every now and then to go dude come on we can do this get back here
2: it's the perfect mix because i like i've been told i have that childlike optimism you know that's charge the hill, marines let's go (laughs) it doesn't matter and then jd would say man that's not gonna work or that's not gonna work and i'll say and i would so bullishly say yes it will let's go bring the cameras and he and then he'd say all right it's your movie and then I'd be yeah. like, "Wait a wait a minute! Now hold on. Okay, we don't want to. We don't want to." I'm mess wearing him down. Game.
1: Okay, wait a minute. Now that
2: just you know, it's kind of like when the wife says, "Go ahead and play cards with them. Go ahead." You're yeah. like, "That's not what you really mean." But yeah, it, I think it was a perfect balance because you got to have that creative and the technical side because, or at least all these crazy ideas wouldn't make it on screen and wouldn't be able for you guys to enjoy you
0: know well i want to i want to james brought up an interesting point and it's one of those things that i found more doing a podcast talking about these movies of the 80s and 90s when i'm researching them you find out sometimes the studios got overly involved and almost destroyed a movie matter of fact we just did showdown in little tokyo and found out how badly they got involved and it's nowhere near the movie it should have been. It it barely even made it into a release. And hearing you guys talk about, even just on an independent level, having to send something to someone, not so much that they were paying for it. So it's like, it, you guys could have listened there or not listened. Brian probably could have just went to the point of, well, y'all, y'all aren't listening to me. There's no You're sense in own. sending it. Yeah, don't send it to me anymore. But you wanted to foster that kind of, working relationship. So it's like, well, let's take a little bit of his advice. But at the end of the day, I'm sure Brian's like, It's your money. It's your time. You choose what you put onto the final product. And I'm liking that more and more in some of these independent films that we've been watching or low budget even that maybe weren't quite independent. But that that they just said, Yeah, we can do this and they end up doing it. So it was kind of a little different look on what James was talking about that I was liking on that. But, uh, and I totally feel Bobby on the, uh, we can do anything. And then you have the guy behind you saying, no, we can't because I, I can appreciate the working relationship that you kind of have to have with someone. Cause if you guys didn't have any kind of friendship or anything, you probably would have just thrown something at each other and been done for the day.
1: We wouldn't have a yeah, yeah, podcast I'm, right I'm, now. I'm
0: done. You know, go find <laughs> someone else to shoot it or go find another movie to shoot. I'll go find someone else to help me. But uh, I like it. I like that it's kind of a a brotherly kind of thing. And I get that because my brother, he's up in Ohio right now. And, you know, this is the off week for the action movie podcast. I get the younger brother, (laughs) Nate, who
1: is (laughs)
0: overly optimistic. We call him the puppy dog of the group because Nate's always upbeat, ready for anything. And if I told him something, he'd be like, sounds like a good plan. Let's do it. I love it.
1: I'm always positive reinforcement there for you, buddy.
0: <laughs> let's, uh, let's, I think it's a good point to just go ahead and, uh, take a quick commercial break. Let everybody catch their breath a little bit. Uh, Nate still has quite a few questions. I got a million about. questions, not quite a million. Everyone, this isn't going to be a four hour podcast because I Nate don't have any questions. Nate has Betty by time. You know, we all know Nate has to get to bed. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to play commercials and we will be right back. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Livening Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his times in the territories with PG 13 to his times in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more, nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major podcast formats. Welcome to the Monster Ruby Stompdown. Where twice a month, we review monster movies from all corners of the planet. Join me, Sludge. And I was went to watch it tonight, and she's like, why are you watching this? You can quote this movie line for line. And that's very accurate. My co-host, Mark.
3: Don't
1: ask me to, to do a stomp down on this, because it's zero. <laughs> okay, dude. Ruben, what's your stomp down rate? Right?
0: And our brother from Texas, Ruben. It's just, I'm like, wait a minute, they tricked me into watching
1: this. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what I felt like. <laughs> As
0: we give you the history, our review, and the stop-down rating of some of the best and worst monster movies around. Available through the Podbean app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. Make sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram.
3: Just how drunk are we going?
2: Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy... Kill Lord Christ!
0: <laughs> oh, that was pretty good! Thank you! <laughs> Dave... I have the weirdest boner. ...and Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Let me try that again. As we drag Kathleen... Hear me. ...kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. a little commercial break figure we get that out of the way because Nate and I have a bad habit of forgetting it once in a while uh so we're gonna jump this yeah well you know it's our network we can play it whenever we want let's jump back into it Nate I think you've got a few more questions you want to ask the guys and let's let's just keep this going I'm having a blast tonight
1: yeah so this is pretty cool because you're talking about the house and the 1800s are you guys believers in the supernatural? Um.
2: I don't know if I could speak for J.D., but I was raised Roman Catholic and uh, I'm a deeply faithful person. You know, I've seen things in my life happen that I knew that there was a hand in it somehow, like whether it be something that I can't believe we're safe or I can't believe that this happened or the coincidences. So I believe there's something out there. And it's those that are more in tune to it are going to be more open to it, like, i'm i'm really into native american spiritualism and the outdoors and when you see a hawk flying over there's a message for you that day you know that things are going to be okay um i do believe in it um i just uh want to like movies like this it kind of inspires me to like open people's minds up to the possibilities of it really being true you know
1: no definitely yeah. i and i agree to you do have to be kind of open-minded to have it happen because, like, obviously, like, I've done like, I've done ghost tours and ghost hunting and all that fun stuff, and it's like if you kind of go into it BSing it and, like, laughing and stuff, you're not really going to get any results, but if you go in with that open mind of, like, this is kind of what I'm, what I'm looking for, I'm going to take this serious like, it's kind of amazing what ends up happening. I went from being someone that's like, ah, eh, you die, you die, it's not, that's it, to, like, I went to uh, insane asylum and did a ghost hunt and it was just like, Oh, well, my whole worldview has been completely like turned upside down because that was terrifying. And now I don't know what to believe. So no, I, so I, I get that.
0: <laughs> so you could potentially be a ghost that just relives the exact same moment, his entire, the rest of existence.
1: Yeah, actually I, I Jacob's laddered like probably three <laughs> Jacob's years ago. Laddered that? I Jacob's laddered.
3: <laughs> what about you, James? You know, I've, uh, I've had some, I, I... I would say I'm a skeptic, but I've, I've had some things happen um, that I don't know how to explain. Um, You know, I, I, you know, I'm uh, as far as, as far as the paranormal goes, right. You know, that's, that's what I'm talking, you know, and and I've done some ghost tours, which are great. I did one uh, at Waverly.
1: um, I'm still waiting to do Waverly.
3: And that was, I, I had a couple, just small things down there that I was like, oh, well, that's weird
1: that you don't really know how to, you know, it's hard uh, to process because like I yeah. did a trans-Allegheny out in West Virginia. Okay. And uh, that was an insane asylum that was built before the Civil War. And you're talking, I think they had like over 60,000 people die in this building. And like, it's just an Jesus. immense sadness that you feel when you're in there. And in the women's uh area, like I heard a female yell at me just like a full-on scream like in the hallway and like i'm used used to to that 90
0: percent of the time
1: i am used to it and like (laughs) that was one of the most like bone chilling things i think i've ever experienced because it's just like that's not supposed to happen like there's nothing in that room and it it just yelled (laughs) well no we
3: actually we actually had something happen during filming
1: Yes, that that's
3: none what I of wanted us, to know. <laughs> none, th- uh,
0: that's where this
3: question was leading. Yeah. yeah. And I, I I don't none of us really know how to explain it. Um but there were what nine of us in the room. So it's probably midnight at least, if not later. And we were shooting in in one of the rooms of the house and it's a scene, it's a big empty room and we're uh we're shooting a scene and we got our, our uh, audio guy. So, on the scene we were shooting. Okay, so the scene. Well, do we want to? Is that is that okay if we tell? There's a scene with the with the witch and Alice, and they're on the okay. floor, and the witch is crawling across the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a big empty room, and uh, Toby is our audio guy, and he's getting set up. I'm getting set up, and as we're just getting ready to start rolling, we hadn't started rolling yet. There is undoubtedly a baby crying, and I I stopped Toby has his headphones on and he's like, does anybody hear that?
2: no I I kept hearing it uh, and it was kind of like getting on my nerves a little bit you know how like adults that have been around kids you can tune out kids crying
0: oh yeah really you, you
2: just kind of tune it out and I, I I was trying to like set up the shot and I just keep hearing it. And it wasn't like in the room with us. It was like if it was on the outside of the other wall. And I said, I didn't even tell him what I heard. I said, Toby, are you picking that up? And he took off his headphones and said, a baby crying? And as soon as he said, I did not coach him or tell him anything of what I heard. He told me what I heard. And then everyone froze. Yeah. Yeah,
0: because you're not even processing that there shouldn't be a baby crying. You're just sitting there going, why is there a baby crying somewhere? Not, oh shit, there shouldn't be a baby here anywhere. And, it that I kept, hear.
2: and then once it got frozen silent, a baby kept on crying. And oh, we're no, all no. like, what yeah. the hell? And there was no logical explanation because there's no way that if a baby was out that late at night, there'd be a car door shutting. there'd be a light, a car pull, a parent Something. something everybody on the side of the road but it was just no it was a sunday so nobody, nobody. Brought their baby on set <laughs> right no uh and so we were literally so tired that we said do we all agree we heard that and we all said yes, yes. and we said let's keep going <laughs> and we kept, uh, yeah we did we didn't we were so exhausted we didn't even like get to be scared
0: like can, yes. can can we work around the baby crying? Yeah, I think yeah. we when can. It, finally okay. it, <laughs> yes. yeah. it dissipated. Right. So and now it we're going to
1: ignore ghost baby just like we ignore regular babies.
0: <laughs> that's oh right. Oh, my God. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. See, that, yeah. now, Nate, that was a great question now, that see, led into was. this.
1: Now, I also need to know, because there's a lot of symbolism in this movie and different symbols and whatnot. Did you guys accidentally summon a demon? Was there like a <laughs> consultant on standby in case you yes. had a whoopsie?
2: Yes, we have uh, some of uh, our friends and associates are involved in Wicca and they're involved in witchcraft, like the positive, protective, sage burning. I was going to say, Palo, is there a lot of
1: sage being burned on set?
2: Palo Santo, sage, all that good vibe stuff going on. Um, and when we, when I wrote it, like some of the incantations, I would take some Latin from the Necronomicon and then add some cool words. and we would jumble it up to where we weren't saying anything that was going to have any major.
1: I feel then, like that's how an accidental summoning could happen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You've seen evil dead, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> <an
3: accident>. two.
2: <laughs> Is there supposed to be a, a dot over that eye or a, a mark? I don't know. Just put it in.
0: Wasn't yeah, that cabin in the woods where the guy kept going? Stop reading the words that are in yeah, the Yeah, stop saying we it. really shouldn't be reading these <laughs> words.
2: Uh, you, re- you get a really eerie feeling in the house when you're by yourself in certain rooms, especially the attic, and it's like you would dread being the last person to have to go up there and get something.
0: Oh, yeah. Nope, you no buddy system? It. You need a buddy system in those kind of movies. Dude, there's so
2: many flights of stairs that literally... You know, you've got to go up a good one long it's to get to the top, it's two very long flights of steps. And that's from the ground level to the attic. And if someone forgets a radio or if we need a filter or if you know, we've moved everything up there and then we're we're done for the night. Somebody's gotta go up there and make sure every all the windows are closed. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Yep, that's that nope. (laughs) See what I'm saying? And and, and, (laughs) Yeah, I we you're talking no, about no.
1: pitch blackness like yes. that is a very uneasy feeling um it is. the same thing happened at trans allegheny because i was like on the fourth floor and like each floor you got like two hours to be on and by the time it was the fourth floor it was like i was up there for maybe 30 minutes I was like i gotta go back like there's something so uninviting up here that i can't be up here any longer i was like whatever it is because they had a giant fire in there that killed a bunch of people i was like there is just nothing but remorse, sadness, and hatred up here. I was like, I can't do it. I was like, I yeah, gotta get out.
0: Dan doesn't do, like, horror movies, and he, he'll, he'll never watch this movie, but he's also the guy in the group that's also like, I'm not going in that room. And I'm like, why? He goes, just not gonna do it. Doesn't feel right. They, we've been, I've been to places with him, an older home in Columbus, and it was a... Uh, Uh, I don't want to say junk shop because I don't want to, you know, insult anyone, but basically it was a junk shop and there was an attic where it was just like flea market stuff up there. And Dan's like, I'd been there. She had toys. Well, some of the toys got moved into this little closet room. Dan stepped in there, stopped, turned around and came back out. And I'm like, nothing in there. He goes, I'm not going back in there. (laughs) I'm like, what? He goes, not going back in there. I walked in, there's toys. Okay, cool. I'm looking at stuff and I'm looking at him and he's just staring at me. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? He goes, there's something else in that room and I'm not coming back in there. He's like, I, I couldn't understand what he felt or saw, but I- Dan's as big as me. And he's like, I'm not going back in that room. That's not happening. No. Sometimes I was like,
1: you just get this gut feeling. You can't explain I, it, but it's just like, you know what? I said, okay. Listen to my gut.
3: <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny <laughs> because I, I, I have this you know morbid curiosity if you will um the uh, the caretaker the caretaker of the house the last couple of times we've been up there to do stuff he's come up to me and was like so when are you going to stay here by yourself all night so he's asked me oh, two or three times do to come it. up and stay there and i'm never i i have been really close but i i just haven't pulled the trigger on his invitation yet
2: uh what uh one of the other guys and I had to go get some establishing shots one night. And this is in the fall when there's all these leaves. They're all dry and crunchy on the ground. So you can just hear every little sound of leaves. Yep. And it had gotten dark. And the wind was blowing so hard that it dropped a branch. And that branch. Hitting those leaves made me think it's some demon just because oh j- you're already. <laughs> I mean, our sound equipment we would go through $20 in batteries a day because it drains batteries, paranormal energy. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that, I did not yeah. know anything about that until we started shooting there. And it, remember that? Yeah, the, it was tweet you know, like the big packs of uh Duracells at the supermarket, yeah, yeah, one of those a day burning through them. And the audio equipment I've
1: had personally a brand new flashlight right out of the package burnt out instantly like the light bulb burnt out and the batteries were dead instantly all it's from like going into batteries. a certain room asking that one question and it just it sucked all the energy out and destroyed the light uh flashlight well so i think so
0: yeah. i think yeah. nate's inadvertently created a new show which is give me back my paranormal activity
1: yeah. <laughs> which is actually me yeah. not wanting to deal with the paranormal activity yeah. but i'm so it, curious about just, it a,
0: Nate just can't stop talking about it or going towards it, even though we tell him not to.
1: Which is what also makes me wonder if, like, the witch angle, is that in the H.P. Lovecraft story? Because I honestly don't know. Or was that something that you guys created? It's
2: something that we put into it. Um, A lot of the premise with, like, I wanted to add with this backstory to this witch is basically... um, There's a story back in New England of a witch who was accused of a crime and she was imprisoned in a cell and she was able to get out of that cell. And they didn't understand how she was able to bend space and time. They thought if she could appear over here, then she's able to bend space and time and a dimension and be able to do that. And what if Lovecraft's thing is what if a witch had figured out how to been space and time as part of her magic, you know? Yeah. And that's what scared people back in the day because, you know, they didn't really understand science or how things work. But just the whole thought that through ritualistic magic and sacred geometry, that some of the places that we have built in this world, you know, like the pyramids and certain like that, certain places like that are used to channel energy or their doorways to different dimensions.
1: Yeah. And that's where I think like, Astral projections I'm really big on because like the idea of what if there is just for a brief moment, a glitch and that's where you get to see like a Bigfoot or a UFO. Cause it's just like, Oh, like there was a glitch in our dimension that allowed the other dimension for just a moment to, to break through and to see
2: what's that movie with Nicolas Cage where he's an astronaut and he is like in time trapped somehow and he's trying to let his family know his daughter. It was his daughter. He went on a space mission or something. Oh,
0: it's um Matthew McConaughey, not Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was, uh, Interstellar. Um,
3: Interstellar.
0: Interstellar. The Nolan Dude.
1: movie.
0: That That's yeah. almost exactly like what you're talking about with that whole.
2: Yeah, no. And that's like the same and... thought
1: process of what if there is something some way that we're behind the veil.
2: Do you know what I, I really uh, I like about what we've set out to do with this project, because I've been telling a lot of my friends that um, we've we're in our middle of our world festival run, which will take us into October of 2022. We've got over a hundred plus film festivals worldwide and we've won five awards so far. God, none, awesome. of them, none of them are in the United States, which means this film is pretty popular in Europe and in the Middle East so far, and we've got some Asian uh, interest. Now, the United States, I've been telling my friends that, you know, it seems like we like this real simple formula. A leads to B leads to C. We have a van with four or five different multicultural people and genders and backgrounds. And they all get knocked off one by one by some silly character wearing a mask. The American audience is spoon-fed the story, and it's easily digestible. Now, European art house horror, stuff like the 70s, like House by the Cemetery, some of the Lucille Falci, Mario Bava stuff. It's just like Rob, rob Zombie's uh, Lords of Salem. You know, it just wasn't so, hey, she runs in a broken down car and gets stabbed in the woods, and there's like, what is this scene about? Oh, my God, it's creepy. It's terrifying, but we don't understand it. Symbolism. And yes.
0: Symbolism. Yes. It's why Europe- people... It's why people gave him so much shit for his redo of Halloween. I'm like, look, he just took the concept of Halloween. Everything else he made his own with symbolism. Get off yes. his back. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't understand <laughs> the white horse symbolism.
1: Oh, I still the yeah, white yeah. horse, it's, but you
2: keep on going. I, <laughs> I love that we literally. Uh, I don't understand the white horse either, but I, you know, I get it. He does get into his music video points of the story, but to be honest, I like that we picked something more grown up. More, more adult like, like material. So you're asking me questions about astro, you know, uh, projection, projection, and these are conversations like that people have outside of like, like Prometheus and those types of films. I like that. It's us growing up, you know. Like the Lovecraftian stuff has medical students and Necronomicon, and it's not just a Jason or a Hatchet. Well, no offense it it to those films. Science
1: but... to the conversation. It adds mathematics to it and that's where it's like you say it gets complicated where we as americans do kind of like things simplistic that's why the band that only plays three chords is popular and the tech band is not you know it's just we like simplicity we like catchy that's that's what we do um yeah I don't you know, it's know, so funny I, that you
2: say that um like the stuff that's not so easily digestible like bands like meshuggah i don't know if you've ever heard of that yeah, yeah. well you we know meshuggah but, okay that one of my favorite favorite bands but the thing is, it's so weird. At first, you're like, "What is this? What is this?" And after you've listened to that album four or five, six times, you've caught it. You caught the groove of it. Now I know. It's like some films are cult classics because you it, it leaves you something every time that you could look more into. Like I could watch Prometheus again, or watch any, you know any of my favorites and find something else because it just feels like it's they tried or it's deeper meaning. You know. I don't know where I'm going well, that was with one of the it, big things no, like I, when
1: we started yeah. the podcast because it was like hey when you revisit some of these movies that's like you have a fond memory of and it's like oh there's an extra layer here that I didn't realize or maybe I was just a dumb teenager and now that I'm a an adult I kind of like get the themes like I can yeah. understand what the filmmaker or what the writers were going for
0: well we kind of have the same situation and it's one of the things we we stated starting this was I don't want to dive into the Nightmare on Elm Street movies I don't really want to dive into the Jason movies Let me find the other movies The other ones that should have The light shined on them You know, put them in the spotlight Because you can find And I'm not disparaging any other podcast out there But there are plenty of other podcasts That talk about those type of movies We're going to do movies like From Beyond A movie I ignored as a kid Because the cover didn't grab me But I I now go Crap! Why did I never watch that when I was younger? I would have loved that movie. And we're we're trying. We did High Tension. High Tension did not do that great, you know, in the United States. But man, if you give that movie half half a moment of your attention, it gives you everything that's Friday the Thirteenth. Jace, you know, uh, Michael Myers, everything that's French that needs to be that our filmmakers took from the Italian movie makers, the French movie makers and showed it to us in like the, like you said, this ABCs of death, almost like just, here's your protagonist. Here's the girl. She's going to survive till the end. Here's your killer. And he might come back. You know, I, I just, I want more. And that's one of the things I loved about this movie. And I, it's really hard. We can't talk too much about this movie because we want everyone kind of going into this, wide-eyed and open-minded and just being i don't want any kind of perceived notion that you're gonna see blood and guts pouring from the walls you're gonna see you know all of this insanity going but you are on. gonna see
1: blood you are
0: <laughs> i'm not saying there's not any of that stuff what i'm trying to say is go into this movie just open just go into this movie not expecting what we are usually spoon-fed like bobby said you know, no, I think you'll... it
1: nailed the tone that it was going for completely. Like, you guys hundred percent captured it, and that was the Thank thing. You. Like, Thank you. I, before I had watched it, I had a double feature night. I had watched episode one, and then I threw on your movie. So it was a very uh, complete opposite <laughs> wow, movie yeah, night a... from us.
0: <laughs> I have no idea where <laughs> that one came from. Yeah, so wow.
1: I went Please. from, okay, we're going to try episode one again, to... To the witch house.
0: <laughs> the witch house didn't have Jar Jar, so you know it it's already didn't. winning. No, I actually end up liking
1: episode one a lot more this time around, but that's because I've rewatched all of the Clone Wars. It makes so much uh, yeah. more sense after I think we've watched Going Clone back,
0: Wars. we're watching yeah. Bad Batch right now,
1: yeah, and Bad Batch I'm like, is yeah. phenomenal. I, I mean, love it, Bad
0: Batch. Yeah. yeah, so good. We, we you just seen I, that? I just watched I the it. the episode with Cad Bane in it last night, and I'm like. Uh. Oh, I'm loving this. This just, and again, you're, you know, we're talking about stuff that gets taken from, I mean, that whole Western vibe he has. in yeah, the show. Yeah. Cad Bane's is right. fantastic. Shit. Uh, can Anyway, we, let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk a little, can we talk about a couple things about the movie? Sure. I, I do yeah, want to bring that in. Okay. So James visually yeah. and Bobby too, because you know, you guys both kind of went into this, your idea of how to light, and shoot this movie and how you set the mood. What was some of your like thought processes getting into that? Like what, what made you decide, like we've talked about it, it it's similar to Suspiria, but how did you go
3: about that? What
0: was, what was your well, kind of
3: plan? It's funny because that was when Bobby and I first talked after, you know, once we, once I decided to join on the team and he, he said, you know, he brought up Suspiria in like the seventies, uh, kind of the horror films from the seventies, and and that was the one thing that Italian, Italian, yeah, yeah, and and, and that's the one thing he brought up, and I thought, well, I, I listen, I'm I'm not the most cultured guy, you know, so I haven't seen a bunch of Italian cinema, and 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 I don't pretend to be that guy.
0: I've seen like do Don't feel yeah, bad. Yeah.
3: So, <laughs> one I mean, hand, I've seen, I've <laughs> seen Suspiria. And I've seen some documentaries on some stuff, but so that one stuck out, stuck in my head, my head. And I just knew, I remember it resonating with all with me with the color and, and the kind of the strange camera angles and camera movements. And, and so going through the script, you know, like, you know, like Bobby said, you know, he, he kind of talked me into, into joining in. And so I, I just felt like we needed to make sure that, it had a a cohesive feel as much as possible. And I liked the idea of uh, of using the color to light stuff and, and, and to utilize these solid colors in different scenes. You know, we tried to keep, you know, when we did, when she wasn't, you know, when she's, you know, outside of like a dream world or, you know, dimension, everything pretty much looks normal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's kind of what we went for whenever she was having normal conversations or in school and this, that, and the other, we tried to keep it as look, this is, this is the show. This is your, this is your visual cue. Yeah. That's kind of what was in my head when I was shooting. It was, I want to make sure we have a, some kind of visual cue uh, for the audience yeah. to help them move along. Well, I, and I can,
0: I can say as the audience in this particular conversation was that did help because in a movie like this, trying, trying to kind of follow uh, her state of mind, I guess we could say knowing when something's real, real. And then when something's kind of not real, and then you guys were still even able to give us these scenes of almost like a blur, like even we don't know, what she just experienced was what she was actually experiencing. And I did love how, again, it comes back to making the house a character was like when she was outside of the house, things were bright, things were vibrant. There's especially one scene and I'm not going to bring it up, but it's very early on in the movie that is just like in your face, bright colors, sounds, you know, and you're like, I, I, talking about. I, I feel like I'm watching another. What? Why does this feel like a different movie? As it went through, I went, "Oh, I understand." There, there's you're setting these tones, and then when she's in the house, things go back into this almost eerie kind of spooky kind of feel. But then claustrophobic. When
1: she's like, yeah, claustrophobic's a good and one. And like, there's a ritual scene that's very like, I'm on acid when watching it is the best way Well, to that, you know it.
3: what's funny about the the claustrophobic i i felt that when we actually talked with uh brian Usena a little bit about that um that was one thing that that i i when we shot stuff that i was hoping that we could have done more of but it, it we lucked out because all the stuff we shot within the house is very claustrophobic and the house is huge you know the, but when that I love the fact that we were able to do the scene we were talking about with the witch, and it's a big, wide, shot, and you see the whole room and the floor, and you can see kind of how big it is. You know, other than that, everything we shot was kind of tight. Oh, yeah. Whenever she's in, you know, and we we kept it that way, um, you know, and every now and then, as a as an editor too, I'd go, oh, I needed more coverage of
2: this. Yeah, I think one of James's one of the strong points to his cinematography is his use of motion with that camera in that house. A lot of sh- scenes, it's just two people talking, but he put it on a slider. Yes, or somehow pull yeah. you in. You're drawing into the intensity of the scene.
0: Right. And it's like you're 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 like uh, we're talking on the phone, and you're like leaning into yeah, you're you know, get a
2: little closer. It. I love you're, that you're running through the
0: cornfield, you
2: know, there's just a lot of, um, a lot of that Cannot stand
1: cornfields at night. I've already discussed this before. Yeah. In the past we, episodes, we, we, so we talked about, you, you hit a nerve.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I don't like anything taller than me. So I would just run through the cornfield with my arms out. You would see a path that I would lead <laughs> in the cornfield, but no, I, and that's again, where you, you, you get drawn into this movie and I felt completely drawn into it. And the, so I, th- and I think this is a perfect time. I I, I was going to save it towards the end, but these guys had asked us to um, provide a quote, which I was like, I have no idea what kind of quote I'm going to give for this movie. And I was talking to James and it was just us talking on messenger. He's like, what did you think about this movie? And I went, it's a wonderful fever dream. And we kept talking for a little bit and I was like, well, so we got to do this quote. And he goes, how about Wonderful Fever Dream? And I'm like, "Uh, cool, because that's exactly what this movie felt like. And when you watch this movie, it is. But what I was going to save is, and I'm going to bring it up now, is in the story, I had not read the story till probably a few days ago. And it's the the story that we're all referencing is called The Dreams in the Witch House by H.P. Lovecraft. This is the first sentence, the first, and I had to stop and message James as soon as I read it, is whether the dreams brought on the fever or the fever brought on the dreams, Walter Gilman did not know. And I stopped. I'm like, there's no effing way that that's the first sentence. And I messaged James and I'm like, I sent him an uh, excerpt of it and he's like, oh, that's amazing, dude, and I was just like, that that was not planned, nothing else, but that's what came across in this movie, this movie was a fever dream, but not in one of those, like, I feel sick, almost, like some movies do, you'll watch it, and you're like, ah, I just don't feel right, this is just weird, this one was, this was awesome, this was wonderful, but it was a fever dream, the closest thing I could, you know, equate to what I watched. And yeah, I, I, that's the best compliment I can give you guys, especially since it's the first sentence of the story. I was <laughs> like, <the> first <laughs>
2: words that he wrote when he was thinking about his story and you capped it. That's uh, a fever dream.
0: So, I mean, if nothing else that you guys captured that in and on film. And I was like, fantastic. I'm going to bring up my second thing. Cause I know James is itching. Cause I, I've, I've alluded to my question and it's a sound thing. One thing I hate in movies and we were all discussing it earlier is sound effects guys that think every sound effect should work for multiple things. If someone gets stabbed in a movie, it's you just hear the the squish or the crunch. But in truthfulness when you watch a movie and you see the person get stabbed and there is no sound. You see the person get stabbed again, no sound. And until the third or fourth time before you start hearing flesh and blood and I'm watching this movie because it happens in this movie and I'm like wow they actually went that far into their sound editing and was like yeah it's not gonna make any sound the first time you stick someone there's nothing to make a sound and I just gotta say was that thought through or was that like intentional or we was that to. like happy accident <laughs> well we had
2: <laughs> such a graphic we have such graphic violent scenes that we've got to really go through each sound effect like the gurgling the the stab like just the person screaming the breath there's a lot of layering there and, and if one of us thinks it's too much we'll pull back on it or if it doesn't like we literally test the stuff out on each other like ah that's a too much squishing too much blood too much bone crunching yeah but uh, i think audio is very important and for some of the things we're pulling off supernatural wise and things, we've got to tell that story with audio like swishes and bones breaking and flesh twisting. But you don't want to do too much because obviously
0: it comes across sound and very it gets cartoonish, cartoony. cartoon-y. You know. But I was like, it was just one of those things. And we can't again, spoiler free. We can't get into all of the awesome kills in this movie, but I well, will no, say a, there are some certain one in the
1: basement. That I was just jumping of joy because I thought it was incredible. Yes, <laughs> All yes. and the it, way that it's shot and the way that it is edited together with a uh, splice with other scenes, yeah, th- it made a. Uh... A very happy horror geek over oh,
0: here. Oh, uh, we were even. My wife, who was questioning watching this movie, was still like, "That was actually pretty cool." That was uh, yeah, that yeah. Was an awesome <laughs> <kill."> <laughs> it was wife awesome. so, approved. Yeah. Nice. So <laughs> that kill was yeah. wife approved, and I even i I mentioned to her during the one scene I'm talking about was I was like, "Did you notice there was no sound when he, he they, they got stabbed a couple times?" She goes, "Actually, yeah." I said, "They didn't start making noise till later, you know, like till there's blood outside of the
3: body," and she goes.
0: Oh yeah, I never I never even picked up on that.
3: You know, it's it's funny um, you know, and it ended up working out, I guess, uh, in uh, working out in, in the end of it. But one thing that I kept hoping that I was this was, you know, my 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 introduction into indie horror film production. So I'll be, you know, honest. I was really looking forward to doing a bunch of blood and splatter and you know
1: limbs flying (laughs) yeah anything yeah Yeah. i mean i
3: wanted and we you know whether or not it was we changed it or we went a different direction or just didn't work it you know it it turned out you know it it worked in the end at least you know oh we get to hear when we get to hear from you guys at least it gives me a little bit of like Great, you know we didn't we didn't miss that as much as I did. Like, cause I'll tell you, we we had one scene. This is a here's a peek behind the curtain. There was actually a scene where a character uh, originally got offed, and we actually shot it, and the effect didn't work. And it was like one o'clock in the morning, and we tried to shoot this scene, and it was supposed to be a blood splatter on from one character. You'd see the character. The next character was standing in front of him like a surprise. And then, yeah. bam, they're hit with the blood splatter. And here we are at one o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. And the effect didn't work. And literally, it was a one-time shot. Uh-huh. But we were able to try it twice.
1: <laughs> and we
3: just we just couldn't get it to look right and to work. And I always hated that because I loved the scene. Mm-hmm. we ended up changing it for the movie anyways and using and doing something else. But that was one of those scenes that I looking back, I was like, man, I really, that was the one scene. I was like, man, I wanted that. Here,
0: I can picture James in the background when Bobby's talking about a scene of a kill and he's holding like a five gallon bucket of blood. Going, oh yeah. I was ready. Like, now, now, now,
3: now? <laughs> but you know, the funny thing is what changed at least from this is what I'm assuming. One of the things that changed up, the amount of blood, if you will, because I've seen some other Bobby's other movies. So there's a <laughs> lot of blood. Um, but I think it was the house. We knew that we had this character you know, within the house. We didn't want to damage it. No, I that's, fair. So no, that's totally you can fair. Do. You know, you don't You know, even if you put a tarp down, it's you're going to splatter something or whatever, and it might go somewhere else. And it was one of those things where we just like, you know what, it's it's not worth the stress, and you don't always need it. You don't always need, you know, the bucket of blood on the face. As,
0: as much as we appreciate the bucket of blood, I have to agree, though, watching the movie on the whole, I am kind of glad you kind of held back. It, it made the other ones even more visceral. You know, it, it made you appreciate the other kills in this movie. That much more if you didn't have like the splatter kill, and right. you know I love a good splatter kill, but yeah. I the kills in this movie are done exceptionally well. I, I will say that
3: we tried to keep it as 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 I guess real, if that makes sense. That, you know, that instead does of inle- instead of all the. uh Speaking
2: of real, and I'm thinking, why is he saying that? That that sounds so real on those stabs. I know why it sounds real. It's because we went and bought a rack of ribs. We really went and bought a rack of pork country ribs and had her whap. I made sure the ribs was going the right way so she would go through the ribs and not hit bone. And you remember that because it was whap, whap. And then we started adding our blood to it. And that's why you've got such a realistic sound.
1: Nice. Perfect. Brilliant from filmmaking. Practical technique. Yeah.
0: Hollywood, everyone listening right now, get ribs. Do that from now on. I want <laughs> yeah. to get ribs this weekend. <laughs> and when you're done, rinse the ribs. <laughs> rinse the ribs. Rinse the ribs, <laughs> throw them on the grill, yep. turn it into craft services, and you're good to go. You don't even yeah. need fake you don't need fake blood. A1 sauce in the dark yeah. looks like dark blood too, man. We're good Boom. to go.
2: You know what you know you're talking about all the blood. Why is it my two favorite horror films these are the most classic Alien and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, very little blood. Very anymore. very little blood. Next yeah. to none. TCO. But I'm watching.
0: I'm watching James's eyes light up, and all I can think of is like dead, alive, and stuff like yes. that. He's like, "I was gonna I, say, it. I want to yeah. do that movie. Yeah, I want all of the blood everywhere."
1: If you guys ever decide to do the over-the-top blood and limbs everywhere, you can throw like ten gallons of blood on me. I, I will be so happy. it's <laughs> like in. He's like, <laughs> like, don't, like, don't even have to pay me. Oh, you just have to here pay me. for the blood. If you want to rip my limbs off, throw blood all over me. I go before all the thinking, time. I, this is my I thing.
3: I kept thinking, I wonder if there's a place that Bobby could put me in if I get a cameo and I could, like, oh. kill me off or something.
1: Yeah, how can I die in this movie?
0: <laughs> well, you know, I, I'll go ahead and say, because I, I did ask if I was allowed to bring this up. I saw a cameo in this movie. I saw a face I recognized, even though I didn't know, really know anyone in the movie. <laughs> uh Bobby put himself in the movie, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: that's funny. We needed a, a, a we needed a little color in the palette in the film. So <laughs> we're going to round
0: it out there, you know? So,
2: yeah. That's you know,
0: awesome. Yeah. I, I, I'm sitting there watching it. And it got to that scene and I went, oh, there's Bobby. And Jackie's like, who's Bobby? I said, like, the director, you know, poster <laughs> smash. She that's goes, insane. oh, okay. She goes. Have you met him before? I said, no, but I've seen his profile picture. I know what he looks like. You know? I was like, yeah. he put himself in. And I asked James, I said, can I pick on him about that? He goes, oh, <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah."
0: Point that out. He'll love it.
1: <laughs> There's an actor in here that I have to talk about as well. That's name is uh, John Johnson. Is he oh, a yes. werewolf in real life?
2: Uh, wow. Uh, John <laughs> is one of those guys that is an auto mechanic. And I think he really missed his calling in life because John was in my Boogeyman movie. Uh, he was in. Uh, he was in my Stephen King adaptation. Main character. He was a main uh, principal in the film Belly Timber, where we had these Scottish cannibals running around in pioneer times. He played uh, one of my main army guys in Devil Dogs. Uh, the guy is just a solid actor for uh, what he does, you know. And uh, he does have that look, man. He has this presence.
1: That. Like when he appeared on screen, Hannah and I went, "Oh, that man's a werewolf." Like, come on. Like, <laughs> Dude's a beast. <laughs> yeah, I'll be sure to tell him, dude. Yeah, you should. Um, I was also, you got some damn fine rats to act in this movie. Every yes, time there was a did. shot of those rats, I don't know what it was, but they melted they w- my heart.
2: <laughs> uh, wow, Nikki uh, Morrison and her daughter, Izzy, who stars in the film. Also. Yeah, so great
1: funny story there um, because we go to Horror Hound so much uh, we're watching it and Hannah goes oh I I know that person and I was like well which one is it because it was it's a scene in the uh, college and Hannah's like oh that's that's John Morrison that's Nikki's husband um, Betty Pooch and it's like oh we've bought dog collars cat collars off of Nikki at Horror Hound before and uh, then funny enough later on in the movie Hannah's like oh That's Izzy. That that that's John and Nikki's uh, daughter. So it was pretty cool to see people that we actually knew in the movie that we didn't even know were going to be in the movie. So those were Nikki's rats. Yes, uh, amazing, (laughs) and they were
2: awesome. Uh, We had Lydia first, lovely rat. She passed on. Uh, They 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 don't last so long, you know. Like no uh rats like aren't like a cat or a dog so uh but it was really neat the time we spent with her because she had the most adorable like little rat carrier and it said star of the show on it and literally she would be active for you for a minute and then she'd have to nap she'd start wanting to fall asleep on you right on set like (laughs) look you guys have fed me so much food i'm gonna take a nap but like some of the craziest things like They don't like light. They're nocturnal creatures. And so what's the one thing you have on a movie set is you're bathed in all these crazy killer lights, you know? Yeah. And we need, we need the rat to act, but you've got all these people with microphones and everybody's wanting to see the rat and lights. (laughs) It's it's like the damn spaceship on Close Encounters, you know?
3: And so uh, it was very delicate when you say, J.D., work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, was, uh, I wasn't sure how to – they always say, you know, you don't want to work with kids and animals. So I was yeah. dreading it.
1: Or baby ghosts. But- or, yeah. <laughs> Baby. <Maybe, yeah. laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. yeah they're We're they're not talking mean. Casper.
3: That's, that's my next movie, Baby Ghost. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Uh, oh, my God. Hey, you, awesome. you know
2: you liked uh, our poster. We did uh, Ghost 2 the rise of Slimer
0: yep. <laughs> and it's got Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore holding Slimer as the baby yeah, I, I, we'll plug poster smash we we, we plug poster uh, smash yeah. every episode I know we yeah really thank
3: you very much that's very oh, we love we need to get back smash. into doing it but we've yeah. been a little busy
0: and that that's fine and I also like how when Dan will mention something James usually has something back in the in the uh the archives. The archives yeah. You did the Red Dead Heat, and I was like, "That that's awesome! That was great." You're a
2: big, you're a big influence on us making those posters because it's like we're both artistic people, and when when we were confined to our house during the quarantine, we had to have some positive outlet, and then you start. I don't know. You started like, giving me back my action movies. Like this shit's cool as hell. And yeah. Then we, It just, you liked one of our posters or something. We're yeah. Like, Oh, let's give him this. And yeah. then it was
3: like, Oh shit. Great. Our paper teacher. How'd we do? <laughs> oh, I felt like, I got the, the right, action movie guys it.
1: approval. <laughs> yeah. And I got yeah. to make sure
3: you know, Charlie, I was talking to Charlie and I ended up, I made a banner for the, for the, uh, give me back my action movie. Uh, Uh, Facebook page and that was a lot of fun messing around with that.
2: These are one of those stickers you hate because you're like, where do I stick it? You only got one opportunity.
1: Yeah. It's like, it
2: has to be the most important place so it just sits here until I like... I don't know. I love yeah, the sticker. It's yeah, just, we've, I, we've
3: got a Give Me Back My Action Movie sticker that Charlie sent us. Yeah. Mine is on my, uh, I've got a Pelican case with my camera gear in it. Oh, it's definitely Pelican that's, case. Pelican yeah, case. Yes. To put it. Yeah, yeah, there we'll, you go. Pelican case.
0: We'll get you guys some of the updated in. I think we have some uh, Give Me Back My Horror Movie. Yeah, there's still some horror you. ones so that I got, got, it, got, got a, yeah. You got the beer fridge sticker level, and you got. Movie Pelican case level. <laughs> you're on the Pelican case. I'll, I'll send more than one next time. That way you're like, yeah. I could put yeah. it in both places. Yeah. No, but we 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 love the the poster smash stuff. It, it's it goes over great in the group. And who doesn't? Who hasn't sat there and thought about man? What? Like I even made some the other day. I follow another podcast, and they were talking about a James Bond movie that at the end of it he's bobsledding at the end, and I went. Oh, Jamaican bobsled team so I took that James Bond head and I put it on uh, John Candy and I made you know 007 and then I did a a uh, Rambo instead of Crocodile Dundee and it was like a what if and it was Stallone <laughs> starring in Crocodile Dundee with his head popped up between the buildings so <laughs> you, you know, guys influenced me now so
2: <laughs> you know you couldn't do that with any of the stars from now you know that's what the no. magic of no, the 80's it would is be really hard I mean people love and remember Rutger Hauer. I mean, I remember my local uh video rental store, there was a Rutger Hauer section. No oh way. like an actual yeah. section.
3: What?
1: Yes.
2: Yes. They had it split up in different action heroes and movies you can watch, and there was a Rutger Hauer section. That's incredible. That's, that's what I need. Cause that's how yes. my st-
0: that's how my stuff is organized <laughs> in my collection. There's like the Jason Statham's, the Stallones, all this stuff, the Rutger Hauer, because Split second. Who doesn't love that freaking? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, especially if you love aliens. Um, but no, it, it's great stuff. Well, guys, um, I know we we can't do a raining blood. We can't do a machete, but we will when the movies come out. Um, Nate, were there any other like must ask questions right now today? You got the. We literally have the, the, the director. We have everything for writer, and the director of photography. I mean, we have the movie sitting here in front of
1: us. We do. It's the sound and it's the soundtrack because there, there is go. some really great Gothic new wave music choices that were put into this film that tickle my little, uh, funny bone for like, Bahas I was going to say, please keep cure, it a little clean. You know, we're <laughs> a little blue sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just that little goth boy. in me was so happy to hear these, uh, Bands that yeah. I'm like, I don't know who they are. So I was wondering if there was anyone you wanted to spotlight that you would uh, put uh, well, in the film.
2: There are uh, some very obscure 80s bands from Europe that were never signed. Like, there's no real anything to find on any of these bands. Oh, and there's an a, a comp compilation of them. So uh, I was just randomly screwing around and, fought. you know, like how if someone had a mixtape of an old garage band from somebody in Ohio in 1992 yeah. and somebody posted some old mixtape and they don't know who any of these guys are. And so we've done my best due diligence to find out who these artists are and there's no info on them. So I hope that with this stuff will stick in the film, but uh, we've got El Crepo in there. And like I told you, dog fashion, disco knives out singer. They have a lot of that new wave type. It sounds almost cinematic when you listen to the music. Like oh, it should be. Oh, it's so cool!
1: I've been wanting to uh, purchase a micro Korg synthesizer. That way, I could just start playing around with it. Because I'm like, oh, I just want to like make cool '80s synth noises. That's all I want to do in my spare time right now. And I'm a big fan
2: of. I'm a big fan of new wave '80s stuff. Like. I'm a tattoo artist when I'm not making movies and it's just so good. I'm going to have to hit to you it. up for
1: some ink then. That's just to say, yeah, <laughs> man,
2: uh, it, it brings me back to the time when these movies were big, like the eighties. And, um, we've got some, uh, Heather Hart. Um, she, uh, has the song that's playing when the girls are in the car and uh, she's from Indiana. The guys from El Crepo, uh, from Maryland or Virginia area around your neck of the woods. But, uh, they have such a cinematic sound for their music. And what was really neat was we're low budget guys. And they said, well, how much can you afford, you know? And so I threw them a number and it worked. And they said, great. If you want anything else from us, just to let you know, we just did the soundtrack for the, uh, Exorcist Dominion, uh, the Exorcist film. I was like, what? Yeah. So that's really, yes. So, Do you remember me telling you that about yeah. those guys? And they said, hey, next project, please let us know. We'll be totally down to help you. And I don't know if you noticed in the very end that Lock the World Outside song. Yeah. It just, it really helps. And it fits because not everybody in this film is who they really are, you know?
0: And that's kind of what he's talking yeah. about. And that that is I, the only spoiler we're going to let slip out of Bobby tonight. Because you can, yeah. you know, James James has been twitching because he looks at him like,
3: we can't say that. <laughs> yeah, we, no spoilers I, yeah, I keep, no spoilers <laughs> yeah I'd love to I'd love to I, I would I would talk about it all night because I mean there's so much stuff that we could get into but oh, I,
0: there, I know that there's a mountain of stuff that we are having to glaze over again we just yeah, want to be able to talk about
3: it. how you know even some of the shots that we've done and, and how we planned out scenes and
0: yeah see we can't do any know. of that like I had to
3: edit myself for one scene
0: that's at the beginning of the movie but I'm like I can't I can't talk about it you there's know there's uh... a
1: Evil Dead Easter egg that's in the movie that's a really great shot that when you see it you yes, know Yes you know it. what I'm talking about yeah, yeah.
3: No. I, and that that's literally that literally was brought up on set. Yes. That's how I when I was talking to Bobby about it I was like listen let's try this. I don't know if it'll work. I said but let's we got to try to Let's try to pull it off just as a little yeah. You yeah, pulled you know, it off. Uh, Thank you. We're of the generation
2: where we grew up with certain films, so they're naturally going to be our inspiration. And it's kind of funny, and doing a lot of research on Lovecraft, on on, uh, Giger and the guys that made Alien. Carlo Rombaldi, the guys that made the suit. Lovecraft. Lovecraft. That Alien and a lot of the design. And uh, Giger was inspired by Lovecraft in making this dark dragon type... So a lot of the things that we talk about, I think, guys, if we don't know how to do something or show our baddie on screen, let's do like they did an alien, only show it for six frames, you know, or let's try to, I don't know if you, I was always making comparisons to alien or aliens or, or Cameron did it this way. Let's try to, to do this or, you know, like lighting certain,
3: you know, just that was the, yeah, we used, we tried to do the lighting to, you know, because, because of the budget we were on, we could only do so much. Right. And so we were hoping that if we, you know, whether you sped some stuff up or you use enough fog or lighting and it would give that mood and, and, and hide the impre- imperfections. That,
0: that, no. that, and I, and that's one of the things I stand on a soapbox in this show is everything gets moved over to Blu-ray. And while a lot of it is good, I feel like it kills some of the older movies because now you're shining a brighter light on something they intentionally wanted to hide that you were never supposed to see and it cheapened the movie just ever so slightly. And I, I will <laughs> die on that mountain of not everything needs to be like crystal clear. Sometimes a little grain and a little grit. And I love that about yeah. this movie. This movie has a very grindhouse kind of feel to it when it needs it. It's bright when it needs to be bright. The story is well thought out. It's well done. I can't wait till we can spoiler this movie because there are just, I have phrases I've made for this movie that I wanna, all I do is say the word
1: and everyone <laughs> knows what I'm
3: talking about. It moves at a
1: brisk speed too.
3: Well, I got, I got to yeah. tell you, I, I really appreciate, I mean, I know Bobby does too, but you know, it's, you know, being, well, you know, being that I'm not the optimist, I, I told Bob, I struggled. I was afraid that we had missed the mark, you know, I, and he, you know, i I brought it up to him. I said, I don't know, I feel like we might have missed the mark and we've gotten all these reviews and we got the film festivals and, and you know, it's uh, I mean, I thank you very much for uh, the kind words Well, let's, uh, I, w- I wanted to bring that up real quick Bobby,
0: if you don't mind, was you guys are winning some awards you guys are in the film festivals, you're sharing it almost weekly, something else has popped up it just what's that so feel busy. like? What, what is, what's going through your head when that stuff goes on? Uh
2: It's really humbling because, you know, we set out to make this film just to really accomplish the mission, really, to get people to feel the story. We didn't think that we'd be worthy of being screened at festivals throughout the world and let alone winning some awards. Uh, You know, it's been a long time coming. I've been making films for 11, 12 plus years now. And it just goes to show, like I tell kids, don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Just because you didn't win today, your stuff ain't that good yet. You know, or just try like listen to when people are trying to tell you something. Listen to JD, you know, when he's trying to tell you how to light this set. Listen to you know these people trying to tell you reshoot that in Los Angeles, because I would have just thought, oh, run it, run it. Like you know what I would have done. He 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 made fun of me just kind of being like a Ed Wood guy. Like action <laughs> yeah. cut print. We action, got it. Cut print. We got it. And moving on. Perfect. And, and so. It's a total reflection of the the uh, the team I had this time and the willingness and sacrifices that they made to make sure this was going to be a good picture. He could have said, all right, shoot the shit. I'm going home to eat, eat dinner with my wife when we're done here. Yeah. Send me a copy of the DVD. No, but our sales agents, they literally, they don't have to help us to the limit that they do. They like us that we're some young, fresh faces and they want to see more pictures from us. And it's exciting that you guys have us on the show because you're some of the first American voices that we've heard. I know it sounds funny that being oh, from the United States, yeah. but these festivals are all in the Middle East and Europe and uh, Southern Europe. And we've yeah. got African interest, you know, Japanese, uh, four Man, continents so, awesome. so far and United States. Uh, and that's what's really We we made this kind of like an Italian style art house yellow film from the '70s, which would not be popular here stateside. But to know that guys like you are digging it and can feel it, that's really important to me, and that means more than a trophy, really, because.
0: Well, that was a hell of a compliment to us,
1: Nate. Yeah, no, no. no. I don't know how
2: to respond to that. I mean, but you know how hard we work. The horror community is so critical on the films that they they watch. You don't see yes. people slamming rom coms and slamming sci-fi films. No, when it's it a horror film, they goes. cut they cut the hell out of it in reviews and people that armchair quarterback in like three years of our work. It just it's like, wow. I mean but when people actually like it from the United States and I know how critical our fans are, that is That
0: means a lot to me. (laughs) I think whenever, and okay, we're a little biased. We've all, you know, we've been friends for a little while, but this was not like designed because let's, let's get this guy to create a horror group so we can promote our horror movie. No, this was like, he, 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 he convinced me to create a group and then asked my permission to share the trailer. And I was like, (laughs) obviously you can, we have a horror group. Why would you not share the trailer loud and proud and wide as far as you can? Um, But I'm in some other horror groups, man. And those people can get insane. You guys do the conventions like I do. You see how ravenous they are. The Walking Dead fandom is insane. Yeah. And those people get ravenous about stuff. But there are those pockets of people like me and Nate and several others that love. We want indie movies back. We're tired of regurgitated tropes. We're retired well, of regurgitated movies. Don't remake that movie, give me some original
1: new. ideas. I like cool well, you know, new and stuff. That's,
3: yeah. The, and I like stuff that I learned. That's what I learned from, you know, from Bobby when I got into this kind of this I guess, you know, the independent film community. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that, you know, that like you said, there are the Ravenous fans, the horror fans, but the the indie horror film community, they're 9 times out of 10. You know, from what I've what I've been dealing with so far, they're they really they're very supportive. Like they will they will help you out when they can. And that was just it was very it was a you know, it's kinda nice because you know, here we are doing something that's a little different, a little out there, and me being nervous about it and then getting love back yeah. saying Nice job, guys. Uh,
0: I, me and Nate went on a soapbox thing about this not long ago, about independent movies and about people that are like, we want something new. And you give them new and they're like, no, not that new. We didn't
1: want or, that new. Yeah, we want something that new. new.
0: Give us something we <laughs> know. Uh, yeah. No, no, yeah. we didn't want that either. Yeah. You give them something they know and they're like, you just redid what was already done. And it was like, that's exactly what you asked for. And it's like, if you want something new, then you should be filling up your time with independent movies. You should be digging through other things, other than the, the the publications from Hollywood that are pushing the next big thing coming out. You should be digging the next a big th- remake. Remake. Yeah. Thank you. Not even a yeah. thing. Or retelling. And I don't mind retelling so much, but if you're just rehashing all the old stuff, like I like what you guys did. You paid some homages to the Godfathers of horror and people that you know paved the way for you guys to do this. I'd rather see homages than someone trying to copy or someone thinking they could be the next Cameron or the next, you know, whatever Italian director. I want to see your work. I want to see what you put on screen. And honestly, that's what you both did. I see both of you in this movie. Everything I've mentioned without any prompting is what you, I see the faces. This is one of those things I almost wish we were doing a YouTube channel so people could see how you guys light up when we, me or Nate, would mention something, and are like, oh, "They got it! Holy crap! Plus, they plus, got it.
2: plus JD has the best hair in the business. So. Yeah, he does,
0: you, man. Like I shaved <laughs> I shave mine off, and I even, I told Jackie, Ooh, I said,
1: "Work think, it,
3: yeah, he's, he's got this quaff that just. Goes I'm going for. I'm trying to grow it out. I'm trying to get that Johnny Depp look. Yeah. Awesome. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. I thought it was the Leon there. from
1: Resident Evil Two look. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, I told
0: Jack. I said we need to shave my hair all the way down. You know, she's like, it's it's a podcast. No one's going to see it. I said, well, there's, there's three people that see my head. Yeah, when yeah. you're six foot five and look like a Viking, you have to shave your head. That's exactly what what it comes down to. Yeah. But uh, well, guys, I, I think I think we've covered everything we want to talk. Is there anything you two wanted to bring up that maybe we didn't ask, or anything you want to
3: plug? Maybe you're working on doing or. I would like to just real quick, you know, just a a shout out to the, the cast and the crew. Absolutely. Because, you know, they, they, they put in all the long hours, you know, and the, you know, the, you know, the the actors and actresses in the movie really, they, they really pulled it through for us. And, you know, Michelle did a great job. I mean, uh, showing them the, motion and 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 her break you know breaking down and i just think that she she did a really great job she was and, phenomenal and
2: yeah I, i'll agree all, i mean every last one of those girls was asked to get in the freezing cold oh, yeah be in the boiling heat of an attic they were asked to wear black contacts uh thrown you know this way that way running barefoot on and they didn't complain yeah, uh, and that's why I like I complain more than they did.
1: I was complaining <laughs> yeah. for them. I think. I, no, that's great. Uh, JD said a possum died back here three days ago. It stinks oh, really bad. Listen, listen, that was, that was horrible. hey
2: It was. We 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 plotted out. We we marked out the shot and blocked it all out and talked about it and it stunk a little bit. Like we could tell something. had kind of died. Yeah. <laughs> this is the middle of summer. Well, we go back to that same spot like three or four days later said, nope. <laughs> with the cast and crew. Dude, that was high-powered smelling. He says, dude, here I am. Let's do it. Let's do it. He's like, dude, it stinks back here. Come on. Dude. I say, <laughs> yeah, like, I think. Let's, yeah,
0: let's move. Bobby's over there going, use it. Use it. Come on. Just, uh, just give me this emotion. This of." This is another it. character we didn't
1: know we needed.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, and it's not, I will, I want to point out, it's not that we're purposely not talking about the cast. Again, if we start talking about cast, we start talking about the movie, we end up spoiling the movie. So, yes, the cast was fantastic in this. I loved everyone in it. The lead actress, fantastic, what she did and what she pulled off in this.
2: Yeah, she she really is uh, one of those that walks in the room and just, I don't know where they get get it from this talent that they they're not walking in the room like divas like i'm here to do this job they're like hey everybody how you doing how you doing okay ready action
0: they literally <laughs>
2: are like wow blow me away with their performances and you know we had an unusual situation obviously with covid and the quarantine and with most of our cast living heck vegas we had uh what tennessee we had darn it 20 miles from iowa uh, in Illinois, I mean, literally, uh, Solon was from West Virginia. Wow. So we had everybody that we had to literally like tell them, please don't cut your hair. And that's hard with women. You know, they want to color their hair changes.
0: Especially I mean, they're
2: trapped at home. They got to have something to Yeah, do.
1: definitely. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, and what's funny is our lead actress, now that we're done with the film, her hair is beautiful. It's all long. And I said, oh, my God, why didn't you? She says, you guys had me have the same haircut for almost three years. <laughs> I wanted to grow my
0: hair out believe me yeah that that's so. awesome man. no but yeah again and uh, you know I know we're just two podcasters with a small following but these actresses and the actors and everything made the move without that this movie wouldn't have worked either you can shoot as beautiful as you want you can write the best story but if you can't get people that can actually bring it to life it's still going to fail. This one just hit on all cylinders and no, they it made
1: came, it a lot of fun. They made it entertaining, yeah. which is what it's supposed to do.
0: And the biggest star is the house. And I'm sorry, I'm stuck on that house. I think yeah. I can't believe how well, the like, story to get that is my favorite takeaway from this interview is that house right there.
1: Yeah, I already looked up where the Hannah house is. I'm like, oh, this might be a little weekend road they, trip. They,
0: it's making a
1: pilgrimage. <laughs> yeah, it's like Indianapolis is only three hours away, baby. You ought to
2: come in August when they do the paranormal. Whenever they do it next year, because they do guided tours. Nice, knowing uh, knowing us, it wouldn't be too hard to get you in there for an afternoon. That'd be sweet to talk to the guy and let you, because he has paranormal groups uh, do overnighters
0: there. There you
2: go, Nate.
1: Yeah, well, I'll come back with uh, my uh, baby ghost finds.
0: That'll be the oh, per- yeah. the premiere episode of Nate's. Give me back my paranormal activity. And we'll just <laughs> let him run screaming with like one. a baby. <laughs> He's walking through there with a heat sensor and a baby rattle. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all you gotta do is give me a little cry. Just a little cry. That's, That's right. all I need. Well, guys, I want to thank you both for taking the time to sit down with us on our very first interview. I, you know, there is no guidebook that I would want to read on this. Um, to, I just wanted it to be you guys talking about getting your mindset into this movie, giving people a look that they're not always going to think to ask. You know, Nate comes up with some pretty wild ones out there. So I'm appreciative of Nate coming up with all the questions. This Go is what I'm here for. Part. That's right. Yeah, man. Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. And
3: thanks for letting us yak for so
0: long. Of
1: course. Oh, of course. We're,
0: we're, we're right on time for our, our people have now realized that it's either an hour and a half or two and a half hours. There is no in between. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and this is conversation. If the conversation is good, then you know what? Someone's going to keep listening and it's going to end and they're going to go, wow, that was actually, that was two hours. It didn't feel like it. So that's how this interview feels to me right now. I'm like, it's over two hours. It doesn't feel like an over no, two hour, uh, you know, interview probably with some editing. It'll be a little longer, right. but Hey, you know, yep. no, no, uh, no blood, no machetes. but two thumbs up from me. I'm sure Nate's got two thumbs two thumbs
1: up. up over here as well. Just keep on. Just do another horror movie, please. I know you got to do Put this on. one for the next till October, but give me the next one now. <laughs>
2: do You know, uh, James and I are going to go see old Santa Claus at the mall coming up here in a little bit. And I think we're going to have to ask him to
0: give us back our action movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Give us back action. Yeah. Give us back our give horror, back horror. Give us back what, Give us back what we love back in the day. And I think that's the big thing, like we talked about, that came across. And we all kind of went right back to it is we love all of that from back then that's what we want back we want it in newer packages but give us that feeling back and this is one of those movies i can say that that does that you gotta be willing to be open-minded away from the freddy kruegers and the michael myers and the jason Voorheeses. you gotta be willing to you know take a chance on an independent movie and this is definitely one that i would recommend you take a chance on um And as soon as we can get the release dates for the United States, we will get those out on all of our social medias. We will share the crap out of anything these guys throw at us. Um, You'll be hearing this episode early. Hopefully you'll come back to it when the movie comes out and refresh after you. What would be even better is once you watch it, come back and listen to us. And you can actually see like, oh, I get what they were talking about. Oh, they made a really good point about that it helps boost my numbers too, but you know, that's, that's just me <laughs> saying that. But, uh, thank you guys so much. Um, any, any, any last things before we close? No,
2: I just, just thanks again for having us. man I, I can't agree. wait to come back on here. Uh, and we'll really talk about, it. we'll break it down. Uh, we'll break it down. I, I want to get you. I think we're going to get you scenes. on.
0: I think we're going to have to get you in on a, 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 an action movie or something. We might have to do aliens. Yeah. We haven't done it yet. So, oh yes, uh, yes. You know, I, I think Bobby's uh, you know, got that spot. So uh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about aliens.
2: Hey, and you know what? If you got another night for horror movie night, we can talk about Leprechaun. I'm not afraid yep. of those uh, movies, oh,
1: man. We if we do that, <laughs> we're going to space. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We go to the hood, yeah, <laughs> in <And> Vegas. <laughs> we'll just
0: we'll just make one big leprechaun night. I like yeah. those. If yes, dude. we did our double feature on the action, and I had a blast doing that because I was like, I could talk about two movies. I got to watch two movies back to yeah. back. I love that. We'll do stuff, eight so.
1: movies all leprechaun <laughs> <laughs> yes dude
0: that's awesome it'll all start uh, to blur
1: together in our heads where we're like i don't know work davis was you know murdering people with a pogo stick <laughs> and then all of a yes. sudden
0: it wasn't him anymore and was yeah Warwick davis
2: uh, well my, my my last thing about uh, i, I want to say but in leprechaun in space he's walking around the spaceship and he sees a closet full of spacesuits adult-sized, but there's one tiny child-sized <laughs> <laughs> space <laughs>
0: Hey, man. He's like, ah! <laughs>
2: that is was really like for the
1: monkey. <laughs> we,
0: we, we, yes. don't, we don't ask questions during those kind of horror no. movies. We yeah, just go, of course there was. There yes. was There was the mini-me space suit. It was ready to go. Yes. Wait. <laughs> Idea, guys.
1: This is going to sound pretty crazy. We make oh. a sequel to Witch House, but it's in space. Is it oh, doable. Yes. Oh
2: yes, the Muppets took pigs in space, so we, I think we can do
1: it. <laughs> we'll hey, do witchcraft in space. We,
0: we, we're yeah, talking interdimensional craft. rifts and everything. Who knows? One of those yes, rifts could be in yes. space. Yes, we, we
3: we need to wrap this up before it gets any crazier. You right? are correct, James.
0: <laughs> Nate, why don't you uh, get us out on the good word, brother?
3: Groovy. Hail
2: to the king, baby.
1: i